Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Crowdsourcing Sustainability Podcast. Today, we are lucky enough to be with Nyombi Morris, who is a youth climate activist from Luzera Kampala in Uganda and the social media manager of the Rise Up movement. So, Nyombi, welcome to the show. Yes, Lyanne, thank you for inviting me for this podcast. I'm really so happy for this. Uh, my name is Nyombi Morris, as you say, the climate Justice activist from Uganda and the social media manager at Rise Up Movement. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on. So I'm going to start this with the way I, I usually do with people on the show. And I would love to just hear more about your climate story, because I think people listening always find that really interesting and kind of getting to the, the why of all this is always helpful. So could you tell everyone when you started caring about the climate emergency and why? Climate change is a gender issue. Climate change is a racial issue uh, in Uganda. And uh, it's a bit different from what you guys hear in Europe. Here in Uganda, extreme weather events such as drought, landslides have caused a lot of catastrophe in Uganda. That many kids, even me, I'm a victim to it. I had to drop out of school in 20. 15 due to lack of support mom and dad who used to support me they were all all their stuff were destroyed by floods in 2012 there was there was landslide which happened in uganda that in 2015 it took all their stuffs i think that's really important for people to hear and understand could you could you dive in a little more on the specific ways it ha- it is impacting Uganda right now, the climate, and how that's affecting people's lives from what you've seen? Compared to what is happening in Europe and America, here, floods, you see them by your eyes, leave alone what you saw on TV. For us, we are seeing them whenever it rains. Recently, I shared a video on my Twitter showing how the road was covered by water. And still, that's just a quarter of what is happening in uh, west, in the eastern part of Uganda. Every year, every year, even this very year, there was landslides. Landslides which forces people to move from one place to another. The government is not ready to help. People are struggling. There is an area called Kasese. These guys were impacted by climate. House were destroyed. Crops were destroyed. Recently, in December, we had to go there and give them some stuff, like clothing, food. Reason being, the people who had their own lands, who had their own food, today are stuck on streets. Some are coming to Kampara. Kids, for them, they, they don't know what education means to them. So when you hear something like climate change, just not in Uganda, it is happening now. Absolutely. Yes. In Uganda today, climate change is impacting people's lives. Kids longer go to school. People are starving right now. Crops are being destroyed. Infrastructure, roads are all totally bad, impacted by climate. So. For me, joining this was in 2019, September, that's after seeing Vanessa Nakate striking 
in front of Ugandan Parliament demanding for climate emergency. So I, I, I approached her. We talked. That's when I joined because my background was affected by climate. Growing up in Luzira wasn't that easy. That whenever it could rain, all our plates, we could find all our crosses, plates, bags, flooding in water. That is, that is a, a room where mom was renting. I grew up with my mom. So whenever it could rain and we are not allowed, we find everything floating. So when I, when I saw Vanessa doing that, I had to approach her, ask her, what is your target? Why are you doing this? So she explained to me, I discovered that many people are going through this. They are being impacted by climate change, but they don't know what to do. And they are sure that it's something different. Don't forget, not forgetting that it is climate which is impacting their lives. Where I stay right now, it's still the same thing, but I'm trying to change the mindset. That's what I do. So this is something that I feel like is much more apparent in a place like Uganda than it is in the U.S. right now. I feel like in the U.S. people, at least a good chunk, kind of think this is like a problem for the future and is sort of distant. And, and you're saying it's here now. It's already impacted your life and your family I think that's really important for people to hear and understand. Could you please walk through the story of how your family specifically was impacted by climate and how it affected your education and just what happened and what that was like? So in 2012, that is the time when you used to stay in Lukaya, in the Masaka district. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad they used to be together. The problem started from was that the two of my parents, mom and dad, were all farmers. So in 2012, extreme weather event came in, floods destroyed all our crops. My mom and dad were all farmers. So by then, we are staying in Lukaya, Masaka. So we are, we are forced to shift where we used to stay come to Kampala, mm-hmm. where there is our grandma. And uh, she promised us that she had some place for us where we can live without paying rent. So we shifted. After two years, I don't know, but I believe that dad couldn't facilitate. He was bankrupt. He had no money. When my, my father couldn't afford to facilitate all of us, couldn't afford to take care of us, he disappeared. He ran away from us. That is in uh, when I was 13 years. He ran away from us. We, we remained with mom. He ran away from us. We are left me, there's my two siblings, and uh, my mom. So we are left four in the house. Mom was everything for us from 2012. But the problem came from the extreme weather event, which used to come and uh, destroy all our crops. So, so. When I finalized my O-level in 2015, mom gave up on me. She said, Maurice, I think to look for a job, I can't push you anymore. I need to focus on your sibling. So I had no option apart from accepting what she had said. In 2017, I managed to get some scholarship. For two years, in, uh, there is a university called Mtesawan. They gave me a scholarship. 
I did it in 2019. I finalized my certificate in IT and computer science. So I kept on looking for a job. I didn't get in 2019, August, I got to see Vanessa on TV. I met her in September. We discussed a lot. That's how I joined Active up to now. It's an amazing story. And I think very eye-opening for a lot of people in the Western world, I'm sure. And how is everybody today? Today they are all okay. They are now studying. For me, I have to give up. Now when I get, that's when I give back. I help them. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So I just, I want to clarify part of the story here. So you said in 2012, your family had to leave your home because of the extreme weather destroying the crops on the farm. How old were you and your siblings in 2012? In 2012, I was just 15 years. So by the time I finalized my O-level, I was 18. Another one was six. Just let you know, I'm extremely grateful for the work you're doing and for taking the time to, to share your story and experiences with everybody. For those who don't know Vanessa, could you just explain who she is really quickly? I think the only way to explain Vanessa is those who still remember the lady black girl who was broke out, out of the four out of the three whites in a in the 2020 January. Was it Zulich? I remember. So she's this girl who was cropped out out of the three whites where she had stood with in a pig where she was cropped out. So remember the news? Oh, you can explain her as a climate activist and the founder of Rise Up Movement based in Uganda. And tell us more about the Rise Up Movement. Why did that start and what is what is the work you are all doing through that org? Rise Up Movement is like a group of activists who have been impacted by climate change and they want to see their voice heard. That's Rise Up Movement. So we came out together as a young group of activists with different ideas. So we want to form something, a goal which, which will support the community and the world. So each of us is having his main goal. Each of us is fighting a different SDG. But all in all, we decided to come together as a team, as a group, to see that our voice is being heard. How, how big is the Rise Up movement? Is it mostly people in Uganda? Tell me a little bit more about who is involved with it. Rise Up movement started in Uganda, but so far we are in seven countries. That's the last time I, ch I checked out. We are in seven countries. So in Uganda, we are like 10 members. Uh, we are in Kenya, we are in Nigeria, Zimbabwe. So we are trying to expand. The youth who would like to join us, we tell them to form a group in their country. Then we get in touch via calls, anything, even social media combines us. Awesome. And could you tell me more about 
what your experience has been like as an activist so far. I think you said this started for you in 2019 after meeting Vanessa. And I'd just like to hear what your experience has been like since then. And if there are any memorable moments or stories that come to mind, I would love to, to hear that as well. Uh, activism, everyone would like to be part of activism, as you see. And you always, I always see news uh, leaders saying we need more activists to join the strike, to join the revolution. But the target is to achieve all this we need to find find out what is stopping activists from joining. Yes, activism is, activism is good when you are famous. That is what I have discovered. The moment you are not known, you are going to be treated like you are doing nothing to the world. You are sharing nothing to the community, unless when you become famous. This has worked as evidence. Today, as I told you about at first that media when they come to interview you even when you tell your story they use a different pick for that different person whom they know that this one has been giving us a good speech good idea so when they make headlines yes they will be talking about you but they will use someone's pick i think that experience has put a lot uh, has put us down activists from africa who have no voice so ever since i started Things have been not good as such. To me, it has not been good. Uh, in uh, in uh, 2020, that is September, my Twitter account got restricted by the government wow. due, to, due to the activities and the protests we started out after selling Goma Forest. So we were protesting you see that the preservation of Goma Forest being is not solved. When we came out and protested, it was, it was we were like six, six activists from Uganda. Our Twitter accounts were freezed, but frozen, and uh, it it wasn't easy for us to get it back. But we didn't make any crime apart from talking about what belongs to us. It is the Goma Forest, which belongs to us. To us who have, who are passionate about climate, who have love for humanity, we saw it as a, it's not a fair, fair game to allow money makers like Oima Sugar, we just take away our forest because they have money. Sugar is not everything. Not everyone takes sugar, but everyone needs a better environment to survive. So when they sold it, we discovered it late. We wanted uh, Neymar to, to revoke their certificate. Neymar, I think Neymar, what, what Neymar did was to contact the government to silence every activist who was talking about Ugoma. I was, I was among, among those guys. It took us one and a half months to get back our accounts. And still, it wasn't easy until people started protesting about it. Said we want them back. Twitter, bring back our activists. So there was out of pressure, and one of the journalists approached me and asked what had happened. So I had I had to explain to her. Then the next two days, she contacted Twitter. 
what surprised us that uh, Twitter Twitter rejected. They said we're not the one behind those behind those restrictions. The only few accounts we bought had some little spans, but still we are not behind that activity. So after getting back our accounts, we stopped. We said no. Let us give up on this forest. It has gone. We should, we need to save our lives. We need to have security to speak about such things. We gave up. So it was a terrible experience, a bit challenging, but I didn't give up. I continued with my stuff. That is in October. We moved this very year, 2021, in March 24th. I was striking still. You know, I always hold my Fridays for Future cardboard. Mm -hmm. So on that day, I don't know where police came from. I always, I'm always with my bro. From nowhere, police found us. They jumped off the truck. They arrested us, me and my bro. They took us to their truck, started questioning us. Why this is the police? Protesting. Uganda police, yeah. We are asking, why are we protesting? Protesting in Uganda is not allowed. That's what they told us. So we had to, I had to explain. It took me one and a half hour for them to release me. So releasing me, they had to confiscate my phone and my cardboard too. After releasing me, they said, the next time we find you protesting, we are taking you to prison and you'll be there forever. It was a kind of threatening. And so, how did you feel in that moment? I, I felt miscarriage, but I had no option. I had to first rest for some two weeks. I returned. One, the reason why we continue, we insist on this, is that we cannot find justice in our houses. And anything like achievement, they need to bring us on board, not arresting us. So the answer is not arresting us, is to bring us on board to tell what we want them to do. We have a right to that. So we are not breaking any law. Yeah, so what they did, that's, is that illegal in Uganda? Like, do you have the right yeah. to protest and they just? It is there, it is in the constitutional right. And where were you protesting when when they did that? Still, Rosilla, I was in Rosilla, just opposite. There is a school called Rosilla SS. Gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah. in in light of that, I think you're you're still protesting now, right? Are you are you worried about your safety at all? Of course. When there is a time. I thought of getting a lawyer maybe who can stand with me in case of anything that person can help me get out of prison because anytime these guys are not easy so you don't just have to trust them just like that you have to be alert just in case of anything when you have no communication mm -hmm. you are gone yeah so it's a bit challenging but still we have to continue we haven't achieved anything. Our yeah, target we, is to achieve, not to be silent. We definitely have a very, very long way to go. Switching gears here, I've seen you and the Rise Up movement talk on 
Twitter and you know just social media about ECOP. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's E A C O P. Um, could you please educate me and others on what that is and why it matters to you? Yeah, ECOP is a good East Africa good oil pipeline, which is uh, between Uganda, Tanzania, and Total. So these guys, they are, they are uh, Total is financing this project because they expect something like fifty percent of what of the profit which is going to come out. So the deal is between Tanzania and Uganda. This started. This deal has been there for some good years, like seven, but it was awakened this very year that they want to start the project. So what, what is annoying is that uh, these guys are forcing people to leave their lands where they have been settling for 100 years. So they come to your land, they ask you for that place. They tell you, we are going to give you this or we will just chase you away. So when you reject their money, they chase you by force. So people have been forced to leave their places. Wow. And uh, where they are coming is already congested. We are in Kampala, and this is happening in western part of Uganda. So these guys, what is happening right now is shifting from one place to another, which is causing, and uh, which is causing congestion. Will be out of resources anytime because today we are suffer, we are stuck with water, food, and also we have challenges like floods here. So the more congestion, the more catastrophe. So we wanted this government to know that crude oil is not everything. We don't eat coal, and we don't drink oil. So. We wanted them to know that the moment we don't drink oil, we don't eat coal, let them focus on people's lives. Let them know when we shift these guys from this place to another place, will they get what they have been getting? First, let them first explain to us before starting their stuff. But for them, they are just after starting and it is starting this very year. We don't know which man. So I had even a friend, there is a French minister who is coming to Uganda uh, next month about the same project. So we wanted them to first sit and give us a clear image. What is their target? And how is it going to benefit the economy? How is it going to benefit the people who have been misplaced? That's why we keep on demanding them. We want them to know, to give us a clear image, not just coming out and tell us, they are on this plan, they are on this plan. But people who are being affected are many. There are more than 40,000 Ugandans so far. Wow. This is too much. So we want to know, to, 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 we wanted them to, to tell us what exactly they are targeting and how is the country going to benefit so 40,000 people, is that how many are in the path of this pipeline, oil pipeline being constructed? Is that right? Yeah. From where it started up to 
where they have reached so far. 40 have been. That's a lot of people. This, this makes me think of in the U.S. we have, uh, there's a lot of line three protests happening up in Minnesota. And the, the company Enbridge is, a, I think they're a Canadian oil company. Anyway, they're, they're building pipelines through indigenous lands. So same kind of thing. They're, they're you know, destroying the, the homelands that are supposed to be protected by U.S. treaties um, of Native Americans. And they're just, they're just going right through them right now. Uh, and the, the really messed up thing is the, the police are protecting this foreign oil company instead of the rights of U.S. citizens and kind of honoring the treaties that were made hundreds of years ago. So you're, you're talking about this and I just see this parallel happening, you know, on the other side of the world. You got these, these big oil companies trying to create these new pipelines at a time when we can't be building any more of these just from a, a climate perspective and, you know, all the emissions that come with the new oil being extracted and burned. And then the, the double whammy is not only that, but you're, you're displacing people from their homes um, and their rights at the same time. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish you the best of, of luck and I'm glad you're, you're working on that and speaking up on that uh, super important issue. Okay. Uh, it's not easy speaking, and actually speaking about eco, it's not easy because the two governments are all not good. They are not after people. They are ready to silence you if they get to see you. Mm -hmm. So we are just sacrificing our lives for the people. How many of you are, are protesting against it? I think we are like 20 Ugandans, but living in different areas and different groups. So far, we are like two groups which are, who are active in this. Gotcha. Small but feisty. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit and kind of just big picture. I'd love to hear from you. What, like, what does climate justice mean to you? Climate justice to me means people like... The people, the people getting their rights, a right to speak, a right for accommodation, a right for uh, good facilities, a right to have hospitals with medicine. Climate justice is a, a gender issue whereby there is gender equality in every sector, not like today in our government ministry we have few ladies compared to men so to get climate justice that has to be implemented that we need to balance everything we need to have respect to each other we need to value each and everyone's right and can you tell me more about the how it's a gender issue how do you see that gender issue is on balancing positions in government, mostly. Because today here, women are not respected at all. Even when they are to give up position, men are put on top. We were challenged to see that uh, the president of 
Tanzania is a lady for the first time in East Africa. It has just happened. So we want to see that there is gender balancing. That will be an achievement in climate. And can you spell out this connection a bit more between, I understand the the gender specific issues, but how does this intersect with, with climate specifically uh, the way you see so, it? What I start from is that uh, women have been denied education, reason being when they are given a chance to study higher than the, the men, they will occupy bigger positions. So this has affected the gender, affected gender balance, whereby today men are occupying everywhere. Mm-hmm. So kids, like when... Uh, when let's say during my when I was studying, my mom and dad were forced to live where they used to stay, to come to Kampala after their crops being affected and being impacted by climate. They are extreme weather event destroyed everything. So if I was a girl today, I'll be with a, I'll be with a family. I'll be already married. Why? Because here they don't respect women. The moment something happens like that, they'll be like, ah, and I think she's now 18. Mm-hmm. Let her go for marriage. And that has put us down that today ladies are not educated and they can't occupy bigger positions without papers. I didn't even think so of all that. This is starting from climate, impacting their crops. The moment they discover that they don't have support, the next step is to use their daughters to get money. So let me let me run this back to you to make sure I'm understanding it because this is something pretty new to me. So you're saying climate change is getting worse. The climate's affecting your family's farm. Kept getting destroyed. You had to move. Resources are tighter. And because there's more stress financially, families are kind of pushing their daughters into marriage earlier than they might otherwise or pulling them out of school so that they can help because of these additional financial stresses and and climatic stresses. Is that right? Exactly. That's, That's what they do. The moment all this, that's why I said climate change is a gender issue mostly has affected girls and women mm-hmm. today whatever happens let's say landslides which forces you people to move from one place to another the moment your family is not financially stable that is your end as a girl you know like me me i can continue stand and push but for them today they are nowhere because their their lives were impacted when they are still young yeah that's a lot the other thing that comes to my mind on the gender education and, and women empowerment side of, of climate change is from Project Drawdown. And they're pretty big on saying that education, educating girls and empowering women is like one of the biggest climate solutions that we have. So I'm glad that you're talking about this. And uh, I hope I hope we can make strides on getting more girls through school and keeping them in there and making it more accessible because not it's just like a win-win-win in so many in so many different ways. What what the government should do 
should put at least free facilitation for girls who have been impacted by climate. That one should be put in place because this has caused an increase in population. Today, many kids, old girls, get pregnant at 16 years. Now, during this pandemic, a lot of girls got pregnant due to schools were closed and locked down. So they could move from one place to another, either looking for money or going to their boyfriend. And you know, lack of education sometimes affects your mind that you don't know what next, even during the hard times. So they need to empower more girls, put more girls in schools, educate more girls by providing them free support. Mm -hmm. That one, it should be a must. But today, even if they say it is me, I didn't continue. But if there is a girl who can support me, who can teach me what is supposed to be done, like today, Vanessa is our mentor today. If she wasn't educated, who could be teaching her? That's a question. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and like you were saying, I think uh, a big part of why this is important from the emissions standpoint is because you mentioned the population. And I just want to clarify, this is... Because you can start talking about population and there can be like a very dark connotation to it and rightfully so. But what we're talking about is educating girls and empowering women to make the choices that they want to make when they want to make them. And through those kind of just like human rights and empowering them to make the choices that they want to make, the population, they'll have less children. And, you know, there's also the, the byproducts of being more educated, being more self-sufficient or, you know, helping out the community more. There's all these ripple effects that are very positive for, for families and, and their communities. And in a sense, the climate is kind of the byproduct of all that. Yeah. So another thing I want to talk about is just like how you see the youth movement. So like, how would you describe your fellow youth activists? And is there anything in particular that you'd like to say to them? Uh, I just like what they do. And I like the vibe. These guys are energetic. It shows that we have many who can come out. We are the next generation, as they always say. Because those days I used to argue with people that no way, we can't be the next generation when we are not anywhere on map, however much we are. We are born, we are there, but we are not anywhere on the map. So those guys, whoever is uh, spiking or doing something for this planet, to save the planet, I just thank them. These guys are showing us that we are the next. Love that. Yeah, I, I feel that solidarity as well and just so much respect for everyone out there. I've, I've done a little activism myself. I think it's almost as rewarding as it is challenging and just so so necessary right now what would you say to anyone listening who may not be a climate activist right now but is thinking about it or has thought about it what would would you say to them yeah um, it is very easy to think about climate change and it's very easy to to tweet to like people's tweets comments by the moment you are not in action you are doing nothing Yes, climate change is impacting everyone's life everywhere. You may not know, but try to find out. You will see that you are among the victims. So climate change is everywhere. And climate change is here, will be here forever. If we don't come out of our houses, our rooms, our offices, 
and take action. We believe we can overcome this if we treat it as a crisis. But if we, the more we continue to ignore it, continue to destroy, destroy until we all die. Support the youth who are doing this. Activists who are trying their best, they need support. They need to be supported. These guys are doing very good work. They need your support in every way possible. It takes a minute to support, but it will take 70 to 100 years for you to stay in a better environment. Your kids, the next generation will all benefit on this. So when you see activists doing this, support them if you can. And join them. I think the point you made in there about if, if you believe it's happening and you care about it and you're like liking things on Twitter or whatever on social media, like that's all well and good. But unless you're actually taking action in some more meaningful way, you're not helping as much as you think you are. And I, I've heard this put a different way. And it's that it's the question of what is the real difference between someone who cares about climate and believes it's happening, but doesn't act upon that care or that belief? What's the difference between that person and a climate denier? And, you know, if you think about it, there's not a huge gap in the grand scheme of things when their actions are very similar to each other at the end of the day. Those two are almost the same. Because for you liking and sharing content without teaching your community, your family, your kids about climate change, I take you as a climate denier. I take you to be among those leaders who promised us a lot and today they just even don't want to look at us, even coming to talk to media, they fear. Mm -hmm. So I take him as Liking and commenting and sharing means nothing. It will always keep us on the same level, but we need to mind the gap. Mind the gap. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think that's that's something for people to think about. So I know we're kind of coming up on time here. I have a few final wrap-up questions for you. Do you have any books, articles, or, or videos that were very influential to you about how you see and think about things or, or climate specifically? Maybe talking about Greta, there is a time I saw Greta crying. Do you remember? Is, there only 29, is it 2019? That's the video I always watch every young, every month, every month. I keep on reviewing. It shows what we young people want. Leaders are failing us. Do you remember, so people can find this video, what they need to look on YouTube or where Greta was speaking? Like, was it the, the UN or Davos? Greta, the only word you can type when you want uh, to get that video, just type the word code, how dare you? That word, yeah. that's to show you who said those words. Yeah. And that video, that breaking. I'll, I'll put a link to that for people in the show notes. I think, I think she was in New York for that one. That was a very powerful one. And then do you have any key takeaway or final message for folks or anything you think people need to do specifically? Yeah, now like me, I'm in tree planting, both in schools and in communities. So I want everyone to take action. Action doesn't mean you should go and do a lot of stuff. You can start from your home, plant something. Okay, you have money, you can set up apartments, what? 
make them in form of passive callings where you can breathe in, where you don't need AC air conditioners. We need natural. The moment you do something, you see the difference. Nothing is going to come from words apart from taking action. Whatever is happening, it will always happen the moment we continue to ignore it. Take action, you see the difference. Love it. And a couple other things that I wanted to touch on before I let you run. I'm realizing we didn't get to this earlier, but you are doing a lot of tree planting. Can you tell me and everyone about that? And are you doing it with other people? And just talk about your, your efforts there. Yeah, I started up that project in, uh, in December last year. I said I should come up with something as an activist. I know I'm using my pocket money to do that, but I want to go back to schools to show them what they're supposed to do as kids. These are the next generation. These are our leaders who are still at school. I'm focusing in primary level because I know if it wasn't good, even primary wouldn't be easy for me to jump. So this project, I started it to see that I do ecosystem restoration and giving back. How do I give back? Depends on the type of trees I plant. There's ochre tree and angiospermy trees. These trees are fruits. A kid would like to know how do I gain? You know our mindset when we are young, we always focus on how do I gain? So for a kid, you tell her or him that when you plant this tree, you see it will bear fruits like mangoes and you enjoy. These kids like it so much. So I say to do that for them. And I do that every after three months when I get some money, I visit schools, I plant, I, I give some to take home. Yes, for members and it will help them grow knowing that climate change and carbon things are related. So the moment you start planting carbon things, the more carbon things, the more fresh air you get. So you need to focus on what is easy, like tree planting. Mm -hmm. They like it so much and I'm happy for that because they are able to, to grow them very well, thinking there is something they are going to gain in the end. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. Is there a way for people listening to follow that work or support it in any way? Yeah, I don't have a link right now, but my social medias are always active. Yombi Morris, those are my names. So they are always active. You can check on me. I'm always online. Keep on replying each and everyone's message for some guidance. In case of any guidance, for me, I'm always here. Awesome. Facebook, Instagram, I will link to those in the show notes as well for people. So Nyombi, uh, I just want to thank you again so much for taking the time to come talk to me and share your story and experiences with everyone. And just want to let you know that I'm extremely grateful for the work you're doing and hope you, you keep it up and we keep you know bringing more people on board, getting more people to speak up and step up and protest and all that. And yeah, so just thank you for everything and best of luck with your efforts. I'm sure we'll, we'll keep in touch. Uh, yeah, I'm so happy for this chance. I think I've shared something which can change the world, can change everyone's community. So, Ryan, thank you so much for this chance. I'm really happy for this. And we'll, get in we'll keep in touch, as you know. You're always free to email me anytime. Goodbye. Amazing. Thanks, Nyombi.